been a, it's been an interesting 2023. That's going to end uh, on a slightly odd note, and we'll get into that into a minute. But first, John, how are you doing, my friend? How's how's how the week's been treating you? Um, you, you sound a little different. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I have I have the sickness. I have some sort of cold uh, this week this weekend, which is right because I don't believe I've not been sick on Christmas since I've been like five. So this is this was the way it was going to be, and it, it is the way it is, and that's fine. It's okay. What about you, Ted? Did you you don't sound sick? You sound fine, I, and you've got a nice new jersey on. I've not seen you wear before. Yeah, well, no, it finally fits me a little bit better. Uh, pleasures of working out. I've got a Club America jersey on, which I'm sure some people will react very aggressively against. Uh, but they won the. Uh, my wife is uh, a Club America fan. Of course, grew up grew up in Mexico City, um, so I got this jersey to support her team, and uh, I watched them win the uh, the. Oh shoot! I forget which one it is. The League of Mex Championship, whichever the the fall season championship. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not going to. It's Clausura or Apertura. Yeah, one of those. I forget. I forget which one it is. But they they won it. Um, they won it yesterday. A really really wild game. Um, which was nil nil, and then, uh, the Tigres goalkeeper, uh, gets a yellow after the first goal in extra time for descent, and then wanders way outside his box, tackles the uh, opposing, uh, defender gets himself a second yellow gets sent off. And then uh, there's an image of him uh, underneath a tarp at the, at the stadium, like peeking over. It's hilarious. If you ever get the chance to see it, uh, it reminds me it's, it's reminiscent of when Miguel Herrera in the CONCACAF champions league was like sent off and then went to like the stadium with like a radio and was like radioing down and had to be like chased or, off. <laughs> or for baseball fans, when Bobby Bobby Valentine got ejected and then went back into the dugout with a fake <laughs> fake mustache and glasses on, <laughs> similar to that. Uh, just but by the way, I don't want to let him let this go past Ted. Congrats! Listen, congrats to I'm I I know the joys of being able to fit into clothes that you could anymore. So good job, <laughs> good for you, man. That's a, that's a good thing. That be that should be celebrated. Well, this uh, that happens. Th- this jersey fit me, but it was uh, it was a little tight. Um, and now I, I actually sure. wore it. I wore it. I, I hadn't worn it for a while. And then I wore it. And I'm like, hey, man, this thing fits. It looks good on me now, finally. It doesn't look like I'm busting out of it. All my jerseys fit. But then do they fit to the extent I want to leave the house in them? That's like my metric. It's like there's fit and then there's fit. Yeah. Um, so this one fit. Yeah. So good for you. Th- this one definitely had that for a little bit. So I'm very happy now that it that it fits that it fits well. So before we get started, I want to alert the universe to two things. One. We have our new merch, uh, new stickers uh, that have our not permanent logo or not permanent uh, slogan for sure, uh, United Spirit Green Sauce, because I know that some people don't like that. If you do like that, if you are one of the people who thinks that's funny or agrees that Green Sauce does belong on pupusas, which is not everyone, to be fair, there is new merch available on rfkrefugees.com slash merch. You can go get t-shirts, sweatshirts, all those cool things. Uh, We're also going to do, I think... Uh, we had a cool promotion last week where <laughs> I realized that if I just advertised uh, earlier and got all the scarves out of my closet faster, that'd have been great. But they all sold out uh, in, in record time and send people continue to buy them after they were sold out. Uh, so I think what we're going to do is make a T-shirt that utilizes the design of that of that scarf. So something that's a little bit more permanent that people can wear around. And then I have one more idea uh, of another T-shirt I'll make uh, that has something to do with a certain... Uh, periodicals quote or how we were <laughs> how we were represented in a certain uh, New York Times owned <laughs> sports enterprise. So be on the lookout for that too. But thank you to everyone who ordered scarves last week. They should be in your hands. Wear them for Christmas. And if you want a sticker, uh, two fifty 
hit us on PayPal. We're going to fix our store eventually. Probably do that in the interim between now and the the first of the year. We were attacked by some sort of spam bot. Yes, and you can argue whether it says United Spirit Green Sauce or United Green Spirit Sauce. So I I think it's fun both ways. <laughs> one one is the way we intended, and one is a funny way. Uh, audio is better now. Thank you, producer Brian, for the jump in and the assist right there. We are sounding a lot better on stream, so we certainly appreciate that. All right, John, let's get into it. I think we've pushed this off enough. Let's talk about. Uh, I I put this on the rundown. I put MLS bad things roundup. Uh, because yeah, it's a long <laughs> list. It's very long. It's a long list. And not all of it's bad. I think there's some there's some interesting, interesting things that came out. If you if you aren't aware, the MLS had their uh, Board of Governors meeting. I believe it was December 13th, if I if I recall correctly. This is where all the owners of every MLS team get together. They discuss law change rule changes to the league, salary changes, and everybody was kind of this was I, I would say probably the most important or one of the biggest uh, board of governors meetings because of the messy deal. And everyone was kind of asking, you know, what is this going to mean? Is the league going to finally maybe start to unburden them? There was the rumor of the fourth DP, uh, some, uh, some great uh, podcasters who were certainly not on this show thought it was a possibility and were saying, Oh, it's going to happen. And then uh, someone quickly pointed out and other reporters have said, um, no, it can't happen. The CBA basically prevents that. The CBA also prevents a lot of moves. And I think a lot of people have been suggesting things that are uh, not possible um, with the, with the current CBA. Uh, but there were some, some things floated around. I believe the two major things that were coming out, which, Again, we're not. You, you can argue them as this as disappointing. I think some would say they're disappointing. Um, I'd say they presented some sort of unique scenarios. One of which was the the TAM threshold, which, if you don't know, there is a limit, sort of a a limit on a player that you can use targeted allocation money to pay down. Uh, so you can't go buy. You have two million dollars or four million dollars in targeted allocation money. You can't then go use all of that on a player to, you know, a player that costs 3 million. I think it's like one point, I forget, it's one point something uh, million. But I think the idea was that the threshold was going to be raised to 2 million. That was apparently not presented. Uh, the also thing I was kind of most interested in and most excited about was the U22 slots. Um, uh, particularly with what we've heard um, from Makai about what he wants to do. He talked a lot in his interview about utilizing those U22 spots. If you don't know, uh, those U22 slots, you get three, but there's a three with an asterisk and conditions, and it depends on your designated players. If you have three senior level DPs and not one of those D- designated players is a, uh, is uh, I think uh, under like the TAM threshold, which basically means like you could buy him down with TAM if you wanted to, if you had it, but you can also make him a DP. Um, an example of this was Victor Paulson in 2021 was a designated player, but was certainly under the limit where the team could have used TAM, but they didn't have it at that time. And then once 2022 rolled around, they used that TAM to, to or 2023, sorry, rolled around 2022 to 2023. They used that to buy them down. This is the dumbest rule. This is like what any any casual fan like listening to, to this. By the way, if you're a casual fan <laughs> listening to this podcast, kudos to you, sir or ma'am. That's, that's interesting. Uh, but think about, okay, the three DPs. Okay. Limit. You don't want to let, you don't want to let like teams with infinite resources just blow you out of the water. Okay. Uh, under 22 initiative. Okay. The reason they did that, it's because people were buying too many old DPs that had no resale value. So they weren't making the league money. So why in any universe care if a team wants to utilize all those available resources and be like, no, but you see, there are an arcane accounting rule that you are not you were not anticipating and then no normal fan would understand. So we're going to keep that in place. 
it, they should absolutely decouple them. If you want to fill both all six spots and you want to spend all that money on players under 22, that is a gamble to you because under 22 often are not fully developed player. They're not, they don't have a long senior, uh, you know, you know, resume. So they might blow up. They might, you know, be do nothing. And then you just lost the money or they make money and you sell them. And that is a net positive to the league. Mm-hmm. I don't understand I, I just can't understand why they would make this more complicated than it needs to be. And this has been the one mechanism that I don't think teams in the league have quite figured out how to maximize yet. I don't I don't think there's been too many U22 initiative success stories yet. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there are some out there. But I, I don't think it's been sort of the runaway thing they want. And I think you're right. It's it's all like this garbled mess of like, why? Like, why do you want this? And the reason is, is because there are owners out there that do not want to spend. I'll get into a potential conspiracy theory with some of the upcoming news about, I think I think this had some, the, the fact that none of these things were presented. By the way, this did not happen. Uh, there was rumored that it was going to. Uh, the only changes that are exactly happening to the rules are you can get. So the, remember, I talked about those designated players that fall into that TAM threshold. If you sell them, you can get allocation money for them, which is a change because before, and if you were a designated player and you sold that designated player, that money went right into your coffers, and that made I think some teams reluctant to sell because because they didn't want to then, you know, they weren't going to get enough money to recoup much anyway. So why sell them? And this allows them maybe to give them some benefit and some, some roster benefit. I think it's a way to encourage them to sign cheaper designated players, more developed and developmental players to utilize those three U22 slots. Uh, but again, I think it's just a silly thing regardless. I believe also there's been a reduction in the discovery list from seven to five. That's a positive thing. I think it's maybe time to do away with the whole discovery list. But mm-hmm. again, it's still around. It's under. It's still there because MLS, there are owners out there that just do not want to go out and spend the money. And I think these changes, these changes have sort of, and we'll get into the, 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 the meat of this, the real meat of the sort of the bad that's going to come from this. These changes are all about, and it's been talked about a lot, the league just wants I think they they want to view this messy move not as an opportunity to grow the league, but to sort of maximize the profit and maximize their return on it in the short term. They they are not thinking long term, and it's it's incredibly disappointing because uh, you look at the Beckham move. The big thing about the Beckham move was it finally caused a lot of a- action where team you know we had designated players, we had more allocation money to buy better players to improve the quality of the league. And I think people kind of thought this would be another watershed moment. And I think we're starting to see the limit. And um, I, you know, I would love to be a fly on the wall on those meetings and who was on which side or what were the, what were the reasons why it was one of them. I think some of them weren't even proposed if I, if I, if I heard correctly. So it's yeah. So I don't know any, any thoughts you have on this, John, any, any other lasting? It's all soup. It's all soup. I I think the, it all comes down to one thing, and we're going to talk about that in a second. I think all all of these roads lead to the same, in my mind, the same yeah. root cause. So let's continue. Yeah, let's let's talk about. There were some rule changes as well. I think it's important to. I think all of this is going to get buried, but I think there's some there's some interesting ones here. Uh, there, t- I like this. I like this one. It is a little. It's very American. This 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 is a very American experimentation yeah. type thing. But you know, I, I but th- one that should I, be copied right on like the other ones. <laughs> I feel like I forget there was another rule change that was discussed. I, I forget which one it was or the the sin bins. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. I feel like some people in soccer are just so resistant 
to any type of change, so resistant to just trying something. Hey, let, let's 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 find a, a sandbox, and you know what? We might find some good things out of it. Um, and I think there's such there's such resistance, you know, to certain ideas. Uh, you know, it might be fun to to try some different things, and this is one of them. Uh, it's a time sub rule. Players must leave the field within ten seconds; otherwise, they must wait uh, sixty seconds for the sub to come on. So this is basically when you're subbed, it, you have ten seconds to vacate the field. I'll be curious to see how many referees enforce this. Whether this is the the sort of goalie substitution rule, you know, the other side, not the goalie substitution rule, the goalie in the box rule, it's six seconds. As a referee, am I going to be ambitious and call that? Probably not. You should do it. <laughs> Referees, I've seen it called maybe like once, if if I'm being honest. Um, and then, of course, uh, the other rule is play a player on the ground for more than 15 seconds uh, and then has medical staff on the field must wait two minutes uh, to enter the field. So if they come on to get treatment or they receive treatment, then they have to leave the field for uh, for two minutes. And uh, this excludes, of course, goalkeepers, you know, serious medical events, concussions, those types. They should start calling it the power play, the MLS power play. Yeah. And have a two minute (laughs) clock that goes down. Yeah. I don't know. This one will be certainly something to notch. Uh, Another one, too, also uh, VR, VAR decisions will be announced to the crowd. I have been for this for a while because I think it eliminates confusion. There's been many instances where I think some people are confused as to what's being reviewed. They think one thing's being reviewed. Turns out it was another thing. There's a moment from a game against Philadelphia where I attended, and I believe it was Junior Moreno takes down a player in the box, and everyone's yelling and thinking it's not a PK. They go to VAR, everything's, oh my God, they're going to overturn the PK. And I'm like, I think they're reviewing to see if this is a red. And sure enough, I was right. It was. And everybody was confused <clears throat> about that. So I think this is good. I think this will um, this this will potentially, hopefully, you know, eliminate some confusion amongst there. And I think MLS is a good place to do it. There's one rule that's not, there's one rule change that's not on this list. And I saw it on Twitter. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true. Is they're going to start adding, doing added time on the stadium clock. In oh yeah. Sorry. Now. I missed that one. You're right about that. Yep. So now uh, I, there have always been, there's always been people who at games will like start a <laughs> clock on their phone and see how long it's been. But now you won't have to do that anymore because it will be on the score the scoreboard uh, I, in the stadium. I do that certainly at, at City Stadium games a lot. Um, there's people out there that do that. I think this is more of a reflection of, you know, it was done to sort of prevent, prevent the give the referee sort of the, the clock. It was to prevent, you know, issues. But now everybody has a smartphone. Right. Everybody's counting down the time. It's, it's really, you know. It's really not going to be it's it's not a huge deal as it, I guess as it was in the past. So certainly a good change. All right, let's get to the discussion that I think everybody wants to talk about. This dropped on mm-hmm. a Friday. MLS was when that by the way Friday the day you want to get all the news that you want people to see and pay attention to the most. Mm-hmm. Friday afternoon, take it out with the trash. Yeah. Here's, here's that news. Yeah, all, all the positive news you want you want to advertise the stuff you know that mm-hmm. won't get flack. Uh, MLS uh, coming out with the decision that they will be not fielding their first teams. They will be playing their MLS Next Pro teams. And if you're wondering, what does that mean for DC United? It means they are not playing in the tournament. I'll get into that in a little bit. And I'm this is an incredibly brazen move. It's a horrible move from the league, but it's a br- such a brazen move from the league. I'm almost actually shocked, a little bit shocked by it, to be honest. I was I was looking on our soundboard to see if I had I could find a boo sound effect. Yeah. I could not. So, but if I did, that's what it would sound like. Awful, John. I, I wanna I want you to start because I'm I'm gonna yeah. I might suck up I might suck up a lot of this conversation. So I want to make no, sure you I mean, get a chance to speak your piece. I mean, for sure, it's fine. Um, 
I think I think this is all about the bottom line. Uh, this is all about uh, trying to control the one thing they couldn't control. And they were able to, in the past, I think that they didn't, before the Apple deal, before Messi coming here, they always sort of viewed themselves in a self-serious way, but also didn't think that this was going to be a big cost to them. It was a thing, sort of a peculiarity. They've been talking for years. Garber has been talking about how do we raise the standards of this tournament to bring it up to our level, which of course, you know, overlooks the one thing that made the thing special is that it wasn't an it wasn't an MLS monoculture event. It was this kind of weird thing where, you know, the City Islanders were playing uh, Flower City on the road and you could watch a stream on YouTube and it was teams you'd never even think about for more than six seconds any other time of year. And then all of a sudden one of them wins and they played East United at home and you get to watch that. Uh, the only trophies that we ever got, well, that I've ever gotten to see have been open cups. So, I mean, I, I obviously enjoy it very, very much. I think it's all about the bottom line. They, they were, they were <clears throat> beside not being able to control things. Uh, I think the one, the, the bottom line was LAFC played 54 games. I believe it was this year. It was basically two a week all year was what it boiled down to. They were in leagues cup. They were in champions league. I believe they were in the league. They were in open cup. They were in, I think they were in another tournament. I don't know. They were in everything you could possibly play in. And uh, the coach said, I, this cannot continue. This is ridiculous. And it was ridiculous. And the options were expand your rosters, provide more money so that you can build out those rosters so that you can actually field passable sides that give you a chance to win in all the, the things you compete in. Or you do none of those things and you just uh, get rid of some of them. Get rid of some of the games. You could have gotten rid of the League's Cup, which was the thing that was made up last year, but they weren't going to get rid of that because it made them a lot of money and it did really well. Or you could exit the Open Cup, a thing that makes you no money and is just about sort of bringing up, A, honoring tradition and bringing up the standard and bringing up the bringing up the, the, rising, the rising sea and lifting all boats. That doesn't benefit you. It costs you money, so you're going to turn it down. It's a cynical decision and it has been treated as such by fans, by the media. But the problem is they don't care. They're not accountable. They know they did this on a Friday in December before the before the Super Draft, another thing no one cares about anymore. Uh, they know that this is going to be a tempest in a teapot, and they'll just move on. And no one will really care except for the people who listen to this show, that are on Twitter, that are mad. But they don't care. That doesn't really matter to them in the end. And most most fans don't even really know it exists. So. That's yeah. what I, that's, it sucks. And that's I, why I think it sucks. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I saw a lot of discourse about a lot of people either defending the move or talking about how much they hated it, but saying, and almost putting it on the, on the fans and saying like, you know, wow, I'm seeing all this anger and discourse online. Where are you all in the, in the stadium for this open cup for this tournament? I, I will tell you, most of the people on Twitter probably are at these games. You most, and I were at Audi field for that last one. We last were year. at Audi field. All those people are at those games. Twitter is not real life. Social media is not real life. The people that are engaging in these games are the ones who are engaging, the ones who are who are most upset about this. They are the ones that are there. They account for probably a less than 5-10% of the total po- total population at each stadium. I can say that very confidently. So, we're seeing the anger from people who are who are who are there. And I want to tell those people, any of those people that are upset, you know, I'd say I think there are there are bona fide ways we can get a message across 
I think those can include just saying, you know what? I'm not subscribing to Apple TV plus I'm dropping my subscription. This is it for me. This has upset me. I love this tournament. I'm, I'm just as upset as you are. I'm using my pulpit here to on my show to say how much I dislike this. I also think that unfortunately I don't believe any sort of mass wide protest will get them to change their minds because they have messy right now. And someone who's most of the people who are going to be subscribing are going to be subscribing to see messy, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. it, it, this will not, this will not move the needle as much as you think it would. <laughs> so you're doing this for you. If you what do I, it, that's fine. Yeah. What I think could move the needle from a protest from a protest perspective is pressure from the support groups, continued pressure statement from the inter- the independent supporters council is a good start. If there are protests in the stadium, it puts the pressure on, I think you need to put the pressure on us soccer to step in and say, you can't do this. We have standards. These standards need to be enforced. Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's multiple avenues you can take this. And I think people should be upset and they should be angry. This is, this is a tournament. I, hold near and dear because it is it is the David versus Goliath. It is the parts of sports that I really, really enjoy. We talk about March Madness. We talk about the NCAA tournament, watching those mid-major teams make runs, you know, win games, go up against the big boys. We all love that type of stuff. And I always said, like, there is untapped potential here. If I'm going conspiracy brain, and I'm going to go conspiracy brain on this, I'm willing to bet that this was a compromise between the big. I think this deep down, this was a compromise with some of the big money spending owners where they're like, look, we don't want to increase. We don't want to do any major changes, any expansion of rosters, but we're going to pull out of this tournament. Um, I think this is also a lot about Messi, And I think this is about giving, giving Messi the only spotlight he is going to have on the league is going to be for MLS regular season games. So he can be available for more of those games in case Inter Miami goes on a run. Champions Cup games are kind of a necessary evil thing. You gotta gotta play in those tournaments. Uh, but then and then also Leagues Cup, um, which you brought up. And I really I I know a lot of people don't like it. It looks fate. It looks made up. My argument it is, is my <laughs> it, and it is and my argument to that to be there are a lot of things in soccer right now that are made up. Nations League was made up. Uh, you have the this uh, this huge FIFA Club World Cup that's coming in 2025 that everybody in Europe is upset at. That was literally just made up by FIFA. So, yeah, but that one's cool, <laughs> and that one doesn't mess up with anything else. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. And really, honestly, I think someone did the math. I was waiting for somebody to do this math. Someone did the math. The average loss in games is like 2.74 per team. So yes, the teams that go far, they have to play more games. So my response to hearing that, what was it? it was LAFC playing 53 games? Well, now they're just going to play 50 games. This really wasn't, and really, honestly, I think MLS maybe was also like, hey, let's just, let's cut out the BS. Most of the time we're playing, you know, our MLS next pro sides anyway, early in these early rounds. So that even gets to more of it. It's like you, you, none of your big players are playing. We didn't play Christian Benteke in either of our open cup games, he saw basically no real increase in game time. We played, I think maybe Matias click and obviously Lewis O'Brien were maybe the only big names. I recall click warmed up, click warmed up. It didn't play. I yeah. don't believe in O'Brien. O'Brien played 45 because they're like, well, <laughs> yeah, you're gone soon. And he was. So it's, it, it, it is all about, and I think also that there's undertones here. There are undertones here of MLS 
there there's some internal beef going on between MLS and U.S. soccer. I think MLS was happy to participate in this tournament. Some had the marketing rights to this tournament. In 2023, U.S. soccer took that in-house. Uh, that's why you didn't see the tournament sort of on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I think some kind of shouldered a lot of that and, and to try to promote the tournament a little bit. Um, I think also you have every right to be angry at U.S. soccer because U.S. soccer had multiple years where they could have increased the prize money. They could have sought sponsorship. They could have also prioritized this tournament and they've sort of left it. And and this is going to be the ultimate test as to whether they let MLS get away with this. How much does U S soccer care about this tournament? And I, I think, I think I, my hope is, is that there's going to be added pressure from USL, from all these other leagues that come together and say, you guys want to enforce your standards. And by the way, we haven't talked about, I, I think the biggest elephant in the room is the fact that if MLS, if every single MLS side had an MLS next pro side and they were competing the way the, the I'm not going to get into the D de- I think we have some questions about come about the bylaws. Uh, thank you guys so, so much. Uh, I think it was Scott D Weiss came out with all the uh, question about the bylaws from our discord. We're not going to get into all the, the nitty gritty of that you guys can read about that. But the biggest thing about it is I think they could get away with it if every MLS team has an X-Pro team. There is one team that doesn't have an X-Pro team. Who's that? And that's DC right there. <laughs> and maybe they start one up. I don't know. It just it, – it, it stinks. It's awful. <laughs> not, not, it's, <laughs> they start one up in four months like uh, or two months. I, like, you know, one thing, one thing I thought about for the show is that they have this UPSL side where they have coaches and everybody else. I don't know. Everybody, all, it's everybody's, now everybody's playing Academy Kids. And, you know, I guess they just need a D3 facility. They already have Segra Field out there. Could I see them saying, well, we're going to start DC United 2 that will eventually transition over? Maybe if, if, if U.S. soccer calls their bluff and actually wants to enforce these bylaws. Um, remains it, – it's, it's – Hold it's, out, Jason. Jason, this is your opportunity to save this. <laughs> refuse to do that this is the only way we get open cup back put your pressure on jason levia <laughs> maybe i don't know um i mean the there was a, there was the surprise of many and also the other thing is too is that canadian teams will not be they are they of course don't participate in the u.s open cup they will still be participating in their canadian championship uh what was interesting about the article too was that um i think it came out they said that they, apparently they've been working it was said in the article i believe by jeff Ruder at the athletic that u.s MLS was working with U.S. soccer, and U.S. soccer was like, we had no idea. So, like, who's who's lying there? What, what, did they think well, maybe this was clearly MLS? <laughs> MLS is the big liar there, probably. Well, maybe there's some. Maybe they they knew that MLS was considering this, but didn't know it would happen this year. Um, it's awful. It's terrible. I my only hope is that either there's some someone steps in and says you can't do this, you have to back this out, or if it does happen that there's enough goodwill. And then maybe once Messi leaves, they're like, all right, we'll, we'll reintegrate back into this tournament. But um, I think it's going to be, this is probably the biggest test. I think the open cup has had as far as a tournament uh, trying to survive. I say that now knowing that they, I think they played through like the Spanish flu in like the 1919s, but you know, Hey, uh, (laughs) biggest modern sort of like you have your top league that's been engaged in this tournament. That's, that's been a part of this tournament that has used it as sort of a stepping stone for certain clubs. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it stinks. It's terrible. Um, if there's one thing fans here can do, I recommend is, uh, go to Latin United's U.S. Open Cup games, mm-hmm. buy tickets, go to them, go to the Richmond kickers once. If you're anywhere close, Lions bridge, wherever you're at. I mean, 
it's not going to matter. It's not like a save the crew situation here. Uh, if, if U.S. soccer lets this happen and they're going to let this happen, this is going to happen. So make your peace with it. It, 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 it had its run. MLS is a, is a, <laughs> is a, uh, you know, a monolith and they do things the way they want to do them. And to your point, this is about Messi. Messi's gone in a year and a half and this league will not have added DP slots. It will not have, it will not have added, uh, roster spots to be able to compete longer. It's just a sugar high if they don't do those things and pulling out of the open cup in order to prioritize that sugar high is prime MLS short-term thinking. It's just, it's exactly what it is. All you can be is disappointed about it. And that's what it is. And that's all there is. Yeah. And I mean, I do, I also really think this is, I mean, we talk about the messy situation. I think there were some owners that were like, I do not want anything to get in the way of the big payday when Messi comes to visit. And that would include like something like an open cup type situation. I don't know. It's, it's sugar high, man. Yeah. So dumb. It's sugar high. It's, 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 it's bad. And also, I mean, the one thing that I hate the most is the pure cynicism and the pure, this is like what everybody who's like anti MLS, yeah. who's anti <laughs> soccer reform is like going crazy. On Twitter everybody, right now, everybody's going crazy about this. There are people, there are people who like, want to act like that they would watch an MLS game. Oh, I would watch an MLS game, but because of this, I'm not going to watch MLS. And I'm just, I, I roll my eyes at it because I'm sure, I'm sure for some people that is the case where like, maybe they were thinking about getting engaged, but I think a lot of people are just almost using it as like, Oh, now I don't have to, you know, this happened. I don't have to pay attention to it. So. Now I'm justified. And I think, I think there is an under, there is an undertone of USL team, USL fans, I know there there are plenty of people in Richmond who are big DC United fans. I have a feeling that some of them will be like, "Screw this league! They're out of this cup. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not going to any more DC games. I'm not going to watch enough, them." Fair enough, man. Yeah, and fair enough. And I think that is that is a potential thing that 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 the Open Cup brought is that it brought these teams to these communities. Like the Charlotte game with at Richmond was incredible experience, full stadium, full crowd, and that brought in there are potential to get fans in there to see the, the play style and to advertise yourself. When you go to a, when you go to a lower division stadium, you are essentially the attraction. You are the Mm -hmm. reason that they are there. And the MLS just kind of to shirk that and say, Nope, we're not doing that anymore. It's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievably sad and disappointing. Uh, there's so many more things I want to say about this, but I think we'll, I think we'll cut, we'll close it. Support your, like you said, those people deciding to do that, I think that's totally totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't so, if there was other options, if I live closer to Richmond, I would could see myself doing that and saying, you know, it, that's total that's totally a, a totally acceptable thing. And then cast all your energy and all your everything else into the thing that maybe loves you back. I think that's certainly that's certainly fine. Yeah, and I mean for me, it's, I mean for me, it's it's the childhood runs deep, and mm-hmm. I just could never I. I this is something I enjoy and something I, I love and I understand it's hurting me right now. And I I want to be, we want to be excited. We want to be talking about, you know, the coaching rumor, even though that's has another whole avenue to it. <laughs> talk about, <laughs> talk about your childhood, your childhood, childhood binds to the club. I know. Right. Well, I don't have really too many memories of Bruce Arena as coach, but that's, that's another story. I'm actually not that old. I'm Ted. <laughs> I was right, I was I was like five or six, man. Give me give sure, me sure. give me give me a break. Anyway, let's 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 move on. This stinks. It sucks, and we're gonna we're just gonna boo hiss. RFK refugees official <laughs> official uh, code is boo. Awful. Uh, it's awful. Anyway, all right, let's get to it. DC United coaching rumors. Well, we haven't really had too many, uh, but we have had. 
a pretty major one um, with regards to a coach that uh, is still shrouded in mystery. I guess you could say as to as to what uh, as to what happened or what's going on with it. Uh, Bruce Serena, of course, if you remember, was the coach at the uh, New England uh, Revolution, and uh, was things were going fine, things were cruising along, and then suddenly he was announced he was on administrative leave and under investigation. Uh, we don't know what happened with it. And then we found out he said some, he said something. We don't know what he said. Uh, we know he was reported by someone on, we, on, I believe we, we know for now it was, uh, it was Richie Williams on his staff who reported him, or at least that's what we're saying. Um, and there's a whole mess and a whole, whole thing about it. It's, it's, it's a giant mess. We still don't know the truth. There's rumors that maybe we might hear something soon. Once, you know, once the clearance <laughs> happens, who knows? Uh, but Bruce Reed apparently has been rumored to, uh, I believe from Jeff Carlisle, I think he's now at Yahoo. I want to say um, has said that uh, base or maybe it's Fox sports. Can't remember one of the two. Um, he says that uh, Bruce Arena is, uh, is back has been, been going to be reinstated by the league and can be eligible for a coaching position. And I think we're starting. And to- I've seen he's a fine and, and, and appears to be a finalist announced to be a finalist for this position. Yeah. He had put himself forward for this position and I, yeah, I don't know really what to think. A couple years ago, I would have said, "Heck yes, this is like this is a game changing move." Now it's, what did what did he do? Can we get some closure on that, and then we can maybe decide whether we whether it's fine. I think I so what I'll say is I think we will certainly get a public hearing of that. Uh, it will not be before the club decides. The club the club knows right. The club club is aware of whatever it is. They are doing their internal calculus if they want to hire him. They're like, all right, we know we have some. A very large skeletons in the closet from very recent years. Uh, you know, we can decide how we want to roll this out uh, if we want to do it. So I think that part will resolve itself. We will fans will get they'll get to know what's going on. So there's that. Um, is he a good fit? I think a lot of people have asked that question before. I think it's very. It remains to be seen what kind of roster gets uh, built here. I think it remains to be seen how comfortable he would be in a dynamic with a strong GM or not, maybe at least not strong one that has been given major decision authority by ownership. Uh, what would he do in that sort of situation where he has had pretty much on checked authority for every coaching job he's been in since LA galaxy quite a while ago. Um, that's another part of it. Is there, are there other options that are in that finalist list who might be a better fit and I'm I'm going to take the like why he was fired thing out of it because we don't know and it's entirely speculation. And according to Jeff Carlisle, whatever was said with the, the the contingency that he had to be requesting reinstatement before Garber would let him do it, and apparently has due due course or whatever uh, due process has worked its way out in MLS crazy land. So that that is that is a for from all intents and purposes a settled matter. And then it's about how we feel about it. Uh, I feel like there are other coaches that might be a better fit. Dom Tarant would Tarant was my favorite pick, and I haven't heard much about that. Uh, and a lot of people are in for Robin Fraser. A lot of people are in for who the other uh, uh, Hugo Perez is another name that people have been talking about. There's a lot of options. I, I, Bruce Arena, I certainly understand some appeal for. I think you know that he's a respected voice. I think his players respected him in New England. You you got that you got that uh, feel from public comments after he was let go. Uh, that basically the season went to crap as soon as they put him away and it didn't have to happen. You know his assistant coaches, almost all of them, bar one, uh, have his have support for him. Uh, 
yeah, it's a, it's an interesting situation. It's certainly the dramatic choice out of the options, and I don't know if uh, Ali McKay wants to be so dramatic in his first major decision uh, with DC United, but maybe he does. Maybe he wants to make a splash. What do you think? Yeah, I I think maybe I, I've thought about you know why would he want to bring a personality um, like this? I mean, the one question would be if this happened, was it really his decision or was ownership like? We need, we need, like we're, 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 like we, you, you can make other decisions, but if if Bruce is available, we want to have the reunion. Uh, we're we're willing to let you know. We we've looked at the issue. We we think it's you know it's it's certainly something he could come back for. He's apologized for it. You know, if it comes out, we'll bring him in front of the media. He can address it. He can apologize for it. We can move on, but we we we, we want no, the, we no want that media reunion. lover, yeah, <laughs> Bruce Arena. We we want that reunion, um, and you know maybe you know I, I believe Bruce Arena is seventy two if I last checked, so maybe he is more comfortable. It's like, look, I just want to, I don't want to, I don't want my coaching career to end like that. Um, I believe he was, I believe part of the part of the um, the uh, the I guess the there there was apparently a power struggle going on in the revolution. Um, front office. There's a revolution going on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was a power struggle in the, in the revolution at the revolution when he was there. Apparently there was a coach. I can't remember his name, but he was talking about maybe being his successor once he was ready to, to finally retire. And some of the people didn't like that and a lot of other things going on there. But I mean, so from, from, I, I see what you're saying. I think maybe this might be also Makai being like, I need, I can't screw this up. I have to make the correct choice. And right now, if I look at who's the who's the best coach, who's the best MLS coach in the of the of the bundle right now, be hard to argue that Bruce Serena isn't it. Um, I really hope I kind of hope it doesn't happen. I think, like I've said, I'm, I've thought about it and, I'm, and now it became a possibility. I was like, oh, maybe it could work um, again. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the Robin Frazier train. I want to see him get a ownership and a sort of a an ownership and a front office that has a. That has a vision. I also feel really bad for him because he has been on every single vacancy list, and he is the only person of color on said uh, on said vacancy list because uh, there's a diversity hire requirement. I later looked at Charlotte Charlotte FC. I think had him on his list before they hired Dean Smith, and I was like, they're going to just hire Dean Smith. They just need to make it seem like, oh yes, we considered all all relevant candidates. But well, we've done that before, very recently. Oh, very so recently. I'm not. I'm not excusing us at all. We and we we got a violation for it because we didn't do it when we went and hired Rooney. So and I'm sure they stroked a $500 check or whatever the fine was for for said violation. Yeah. So we, we got we got a lot of let's let's get cracking. We've, I'm just looking at this out. We have an outline that's like three more pages, and we've been going for 40 minutes. <laughs> well, let's get cranking. We'll, we'll get to it. We've already I've already talked about some of this on the Patreon show. I think there's a lot of this has been doing. DC United moves. Uh, Ali, it is you, you've said McKay. It is Mackay. I believe like okay. I, be- I believe Stephen Golf had the pronunciation guide. So I'm Ted gonna- <laughs> standing on his high horse for the first time ever for name pronunciations. I'll let him do it. That's fine because I want to get this right. Okay, I, this is one uh-huh. I, I feel like we need to get right. Uh, hey, as long as soon as we interview him, I'll get it right. <laughs> All right, DC United, of course, have acquired uh, Aaron Herrera from uh, Sea of Montreal for Defender Ruan and five hundred thousand dollars in twenty twenty four general allocation money. Uh, I think this was a move maybe where you looked at, I think the biggest thing was, did DC maybe overpay? I think Aaron Herrera is a 26 years old, had a down year in Montreal, but um, we have to look at who the coach was. We had some players that had some down years in Montreal and then went elsewhere and were good uh, to potentially better. 
Um, so I think that's an important thing to say. I think DC gets a much needed upgrade at wing back. I think it it kills any. I think it also looks like you're going to play a four man back line with this. Um, and I think it it shows the beginnings of maybe a build from the back mentality of like we need to we need to be better defensively and we'll the we'll figure out the offense later. So it is an expense. It is it is a kind of an overpaid potentially. Uh, but to your point, it's also, I mean, that's the, was that, was that the first move? That was the second move. That was after the, the, uh, one we're about to talk about, it, it, but it, it, it was, it is a confidence f- move. Yeah. It was the first, it, 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 first move announced. I'll say. Sure. But this is Makai. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is a, this is a confidence move on his part saying, uh, I understand that I'm going to get downgraded on this because of the year he had last year. And I know that's a large chunk of money, half the money we got for selling Paul Ariola in the league. And other things that we, we there's lots of internal benchmarks for what that money's worth, uh, but it's confidence. And Ruan is uh, kind of just like a make weight. Uh, it's like a roster spot situation. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he can do. I really hope uh, that uh, Mohan Giazzi is as advertised and healthy uh, when the season starts. And we've got a we still have some holes in the middle, but that are at least our fullback situation is now relatively sorted. Yeah. But now we have no backups at right back. <laughs> <laughs> that's and and. That's a potential. Maybe we'll bring Jacob Green back. I don't know. Um, but I, I think this is kind of counteracted with the move that they made, uh, which was announced was announced officially before. Wasn't the second move officially announced, which is weird to think about. But they have acquired uh, midfielder, or it's a mid, I think winger Jared Stroud and Lucas Bartlett, and in addition, also an additional three hundred thousand dollars in in uh, general allocation money, which almost kind of counteracts any sort of overspend uh, for midfielder Chris Durkin. Uh, sad to see Chris Durkin leave. I think he's a guy who I watched at the Richmond Kickers. I've watched kind of grown up. I really wanted him to be a, a staple at DC. I understand as much as I, as much as I, you know, wish he was he was able to play well. I do understand this trade both from a DC depth perspective. And I think they, this was a pretty good deal. They got uh, 300. If they had just gotten the two players, I think it would, I would have said, Oh, it's about an average deal. But I think the addition of the 300,000 says, I think they actually, they actually kind of won this trade a little bit. So you could say the other trade was 200,000. Yeah. Um, basically, net, net, basically. Net 200. Yeah. So they get most of what they got back, you know, basically for this trade. So um, other player, they sort of selected. Oh, sorry. Say this one, Ted, Mr. At- Go, <laughs> no, please, please. <laughs> Ethan Dobbelair, I'm gonna okay maybe I'm maybe. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say that hopefully that's correct. Uh, he's a homegrown from Seattle, uh, an academy product there. Uh, signed and they picked him up off the end of the year late waiverless. He's a midfielder, so I think trying to maybe fill out maybe that midfield depth you lost with Chris Durkin. So um, it's, it's 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 a name with seven thousand vowels. It looks <laughs> it looks like a Harry Potter name. Uh, certainly they, they know that is a, when I saw, when I saw basically his makeup and like where he's played before and where he's anticipated, I was, Jared Jeffrey was the first name that came to my mind. <laughs> sort of like where he could fit in the roster, bring, bringing in a young, a young, a former young, like youth national team player, uh, playing either abroad or on loan and then comes into like provide depth in the midfield. Just, just keep that name in mind. If he plays more than you think and doesn't really seem to have like, discoverable skills that you could actually quantify just Jared Jeffrey Ulysses Segura situation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I think you gain what well, we gained, uh, four players and you traded away too. So, Hey, which uh, we needed cause we were down 10 uh, at the end of decision. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing too, about the Chris Durkin thing, uh, 
clarify this for me. I've read it a couple different ways. Was he graduating from under 22 or would he have no. stayed under it for one more year? No, he uh, he was 23. I think you are allowed to stay under it until you're actually 25. So, so in order for us to hi- be able to sign another U22 player with our three DPs over age and over the TAM level, we had to move him to have a spot open, right? Or was it? Yeah. So that's another reason to have him. So you were getting money for a spot you wanted to fill with a more impactful player. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that is a net positive and unfortunate for Chris. Yeah, and and I think move. and I think that I think the the, the freeing of the spot because I, I'm I'm impressed by the, what they got as far as the return on this trade and both Stroud I think Stroud especially I think he had like three goals five he had something like he was not a player for for St Louis that was just like didn't contribute he gave some pretty big contributions to this team Bartlett uh, also had some appearances at defense. Uh, we'll get into the situation about maybe what the depth chart looks like for that center back position here in a minute, and maybe the shakeup we're looking at there. But um, but I, I think the U twenty two slot was the main a big reason why that Durkin was traded so that they can use that spot. Um, we have, remember we have two DPs, so technically we can use all three slots. And then the question is what we, what are we going to sign as far as that third DP? I will say we basically have two slots because it's been rumored that we're bringing um, Pirani back on a loan. So I don't think he counts as that U22 slot because he's technically not been signed yet officially, but basically he fills one of those slots if you want to extend that and you want to bring him in permanently. So I still love that. By the way, I, I want to keep giving credit to that move. That's That might have been the first Mackay move of, of brilliance to not commit to a player that we had seen 10 games of and with mixed mixed results. So love, love that for us. Yeah, I did too. Talking about another young player, DC United, <laughs> uh, uh, Makai or Matai Akambone. Ian, Ian Matai. Uh, <laughs> Matai Akambone uh, was on a, a bit of a training stint at Villarreal, which all of our young players do at, over time. Usually they go over to Swansea and score 37 goals. Uh, but this one went over to Villarreal and did so well. There was a contract offer placed for him. Uh, and DC United said, no, thank you. Uh, not yet, anyway. The plan, the rumor is the plan is to play him and let him develop uh, here at DC United before looking maybe potentially in the summer. I think that's uh, that's pretty great that they if they don't play him, I believe everyone that's associated with DC United should be fired uh, <laughs> immediately. Like if if you have a young player like this that has visibility uh, at at European clubs and they're making a we don't know what the offer is. It could have been ten dollars, but if they made a good faith offer that's reasonable, and then you come and bury him and don't play him, boy, that's malpractice. They, you've got a particularly on this team with no center backs. You got to he's got to be playing. Yeah, I think he he has to start. I think this is now you're now in the territory of him. He needs to be your day one starter because he's he's getting that attention. And you also just rejected that offer. So he's going to be thinking, OK, now if you're going to reject this offer, I want playing time. I want to be right. a week in, week out starter for this team. You got I, all Donovan Pines minutes. That's for sure that that they were on offer. We, you can have those. We've got Christian Fletcher and we've got him. It's 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 going to be I think those are my two players that you're going to be want to watch this year as sort of having that that Ted Cudipietro type breakout performance. And um, I think those are if those players have those types of performances break out suddenly, you know, more open cup. Um, <laughs> you've got a you've got a really, really potentially deep team that could maybe I'm not going to say run the table in the East because the East is tough, but maybe they could have a Cincy type recovery um, where they where they make the playoffs, they look good, and then you're setting yourselves up for for next year. So, Ted, I just thought of something. We you know the cup we didn't mention for DC United that we're still in. It's the, the Capital, Capital Cup. Cup. 
Is that yeah, so, you, is you, that can't, you can't forget the Capital Cup. That That's another piece of silverware that you really got to compete for in okay. the summer. That's very important. Okay, moving on. Um, I did want to get to I did want to get to Slam Sam Slaymaker's question. Uh, says, uh, how do you guys think the super draft space taking out any position of need? Alice history of using that in Nashville, revisiting no. past. Bit. I mean, I, we guys. I mean, the super draft is what it is right now. I think you're going to see either a defender or a forward will be selected. Uh, because Center back is who the is who the mock drafts all have us taking. Which uh, I, I don't know with the Bartlett pickup with Matea Cambone. I, I don't know whether we would, but again, you know, we would need another center back there. So I don't know. It remains there's to be a, seen. The, there's a Ghanaian forward at, at UVA that's scoring a lot. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a couple of players. Uh, the the player that we are uh, <laughs> uh, forecasted to pick, I believe, is an international. Is from uh, is from a country in, in Africa. I didn't. I don't remember which one. I, um, but I think I saw that, and I was like, ah, I don't think. No international spots. We've done that. We keep doing that. <laughs> we did that. We did that. Who did we do that with last? The the Brit the player from oh, England. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't think of his. He played for Clemson. I remember that. But I yep. can't think of his name right now. Him, um, who now plays for San Antonio, I believe. Yeah. Uh, was was another player that would. I I think you can't go that way. You got to go uh, domestic player. Center back seems smart. Um, I'm trying to think if if you need if you think about spots that need depth, but you also can't necessarily think about a college player. That isn't been that hasn't been offered prior as being a guaranteed MLS depth. The league has changed. The league's yeah. different now. Well, I think what you're seeing now, you're seeing the you're seeing the MLS super draft become. I, I think there was an actually an interesting discussion on because I I sort of went down the list last year. I'm like none of these guys made it, but you're seeing a lot more a, a lot. There are a lot more projects. There are a lot more players that you know you build them. You sort of build them up. You know, two three years, then maybe they become you know contributors to your team it's not the locked in day one day out you know the perry kitchen that came in when they drafted him or the steve Burnbaum, who's a locked in starter because he's you know he's so highly touted uh it's it's just a different world we live in you know it's it's much more akin to the uh to the mlb mlb draft where it's like you're gonna draft these kids and probably not see them for four or five years while they work up their way up the minors and then eventually they'll break out and there, there's always exceptions to the rule but it's generally kind of follows that for for most players um want to get to richard richard uh rolson's question says uh question for the show does the recent controversy decision by mls hasten dc united's development of an expo team I think it's going to depend. I think it's honestly going to depend if U.S. soccer really makes a big stink about that. If they get a big stink about that from USL, maybe. Maybe you just play a team at Audi Field, uh, you throw a bunch of academy kids on it, and then you just kind of play your cards right until you're ready to move that team to Baltimore and build it up properly. I don't know. We'll see. I'd be curious to know. I'd be curious to know what, how Jason Levian thinks about all this, or whether he thinks he's going to have to potentially do that. So. All right, let's get into spirit to close out the show. We are pushing 15, 50 minutes here, so um, I think. But and they drop a bunch of news. Yeah, this probably. is of course this is when there was like a whole bunch of stuff we could talk for a half an hour probably on most of it. But. Yeah, let's start with the uh, expansion draft. Uh, the Washington Spirit, of course, traded for their protection. It was very, very quiet, and then it was like on the deadline before the it was like all these announcements came out. Uh, Dorian Bailey going to Bay FC for extension draft protection. They also got rid of two second round picks. They still have two first round picks uh, to the Utah Royals for protection. All in all, considering the situation that they're in and the and NWCL's use of the expansion draft. By the way, there's a lot of discussion about whether we even have this thing anymore. So much. But because I think didn't they like I, I didn't watch the expansion draft because I knew like no spirit players would be selected so I didn't really like watch it. 
Uh, but I, there was I, a there was a player that was signed by free agency that got picked because the they it was stipulated. By the way, I mean that was their choice. It was stipulated ahead of time. Like if you sign up free agency open before the draft, if you sign a player, you've got to protect them, or they can be taken. And they signed the player, and they did not protect them, and they got taken. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, free, it was free. <laughs> Con- and and, was, and oh, I think it was BFC. They were like, "It's free money. We'll take yeah. It give it, give us the free al- real estate. We'll take everybody. <laughs> give us the allocation money to 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 get them back, basically." Um, so I mean, and then also I think there was a weird stipulation where it was like the rules were laid out. It wasn't like no team can lose more than like one player. It's like you you could lose two players. Like you could have two players selected from you. Once you lose two, that's it. So I think a lot I, – I think I think the most – didn't they also like they passed? It was like towards the end. Like I, I think there were at least two times where play where they all passed on their on their picks. So again, the question is going to always be, so how do you give them the mechanisms to do rosters? You know, the, the, the stick is the expansion draft. It encourages teams to go out and make those trades uh, to maybe give up a player that, you know, maybe they don't want to lose necessarily, but they're okay with losing them for super draft, you know, for the protection um, and preventing themselves from losing another player. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else you really do it. You kind of have, it's kind of a necessary evil. I think it gives the teams enough room to go out and make the signing to, to make the trades that they want to make. Um, we'll see how it impacts the, We'll see how it impacts the team. We'll see what happens. Who does the who does Utah go out and get with those draft picks? How does Dorian Bailey do for Bay FC versus well, you know? She's going to go back to the midfield. I will bet you. I haven't looked at the rest of their roster. Neither of those rosters have they've not signed their stars right. Mm-hmm. They they've based, they've they have a bunch of role players. They have a bunch of quality players, but nothing nothing to 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 hang your hat on yet. Dorian Bailey is going to start for them. I think go back to the midfield where she has been very successful. The spirit find themselves in a lot of you know lots of lots of, qu- of question marks and open holes, but uh, from a perspective of who plays right back, your guess is as good as mine. Anna Halfordy obviously could come back and play in that role, but she was injured, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, you've let, I mean, Cam Bogalski plays on the left side, but is a restricted free agent. Uh, Anna Butel has can play right back, but is more comfortable in the center. So you know, it would I, it wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of coach uh on the horizon that they could potentially look look forward to to sort of put in place what the style they like to play and what they what what uh you know sort of key attributes they need from each position wouldn't that wonder hmm. 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 hmm maybe uh maybe the spirit should consider the same we'll get to that in a minute we might actually oh have... i thought we were gonna skip to go to that i was setting it up oh you go were ahead. setting it up oh I, I was just gonna say michelle kane purchases the london city lionesses uh, expanding her soccer empire there in the second division of England. So just interesting news there. Uh, and we might actually have the spirit might actually have a coast. Uh, Jonathan Geraldez, I'm going to assume that's how you pronounce that. Uh, there's been a rumor that cir- started circulating, I think yesterday, that he had an astronomical offer, I believe, five times his current salary. Uh, he currently <laughs> is the coach of the Barcelona women- women's team who has been playing very, very well um, in in the European leagues and apparently had a astronomical offer and everybody was circulating. Was it pretty much was it L.A. or the spirit? Um, Gotham also was one a name that was being talked about, but yeah. I think that was probably not a move I would make after the coach that's there, one coach of the year. Maybe no, maybe don't and kick him a, out. And won a championship, I think. Uh, and they deserve, a <laughs> deserve that. Um, apparently he had a press conference this morning, announced he is leaving at the end of the year. 
Um, At 5 a.m., thank you to WTOP reporter <laughs> Jose Umania for being on the sticks. Yeah, and uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff uh, Kasaf, uh, who is over at the Equalizer, also reported that he is a front runner. I think there's enough smoke now to say that if this doesn't happen, this is very peculiar, peculiar uh, because I, it seems to me he has a signed contract. The question is going to be, he does not end his job at Barcelona until May. I think actually until June. I looked, they have matches till June. Um, I was looking at the schedule right now. Yeah, they have a match. I believe I looked at this. They run to like the beginning of June, whether, you know, maybe everything gets all wrapped up at, you know, maybe they wrap up the La Liga title. Maybe they wrap up, you know, the champions league is over. Uh, and then maybe he kind of sort of has a swan song and his goodbye after that. Um, he is apparently a coach that likes to play, you know, possession style. He likes to play sort of the Barcelona ticky tacky type of style. Um, I think Asher Sanchez is like, whoop, whoop. We could do yeah. that. Oh, Ashley Sanchez. I am I am so hyped under that system for her. I think she could absolutely feast under a system like that. Trinity Rahman, I think, will be fine. I think she will still be able to sort of hit hit on the break. I think it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to that style. He might also come in here and say, look, I don't have the players to play that style, I, or I need some time to build up that style. I'm going to sort of, you know, make my roster. I think everybody makes a lot of assumptions about coaches when they come in. Oh, this is how they play. This is what they're going to play. So um, Michelle Kang, again, throwing, throwing her money around, showing no signs of of, of stopping and trying to invest. Uh, it's it's wild. Um, I don't know what you – what do you think about first the fact that he will probably – if he is the coach, there's probably going to be an interim situation with very that. little yeah i don't know if i, I like hate that, that either i i assume marker corian will be the interim coach yeah that would make the most sense to me and say you know you're going to be responsible for roster building so you should be responsible for it and you're not an amateur you know what you're doing so i think you built it you you got to fly this you got to fly this ship for a little while that's the only thing that's fair you could bring in I think it's also fair to, to say I'm going to pick an ex, an experienced NWSL assistant coach or 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 maybe a coach that's been out of the – I don't have a name in mind. I don't have something that's right up the top of my tongue, but that sticks around in this part because they've lost Angela Salem. Mm-hmm. They've lost other members of the of the coaching staff, so they are you know, starting from scratch. Mark Corrin is the only name that makes sense, but I do not like it, uh, yeah. that having to have that happen. And he's expressed that he does not want to coach. He's like, I'm, I'm done with that life. Tough so. cookies. <laughs> Tough cookies. You, you, this is a situation. But, but I, my favorite thing about this whole thing is the quote. Uh, I don't have the exact language in front of me from the press conference, but it's like, this was a family decision. After I got this offer, a 500% offer, I'm, I'm going to go. We're going to go. I'm going to tell the, I'm telling my team right now. I am not extending my contract. I uh, I have somewhere to be with a whole bunch of commas and zeros after it. Yeah, no, it's at, as you as you should. <laughs> if, I mean, take the money, man. Um, I don't think I think a lot of people were po- posting money signs. I'm sure there may be some backlash he gets, like he took the money and run, took the money and ran. But I mean, you got to, uh, especially with an organization that is trying to be real mo- real movers and shakers in in NWSL. So it's gonna. Here's- Mm-hmm. Here's what I think should happen. Michelle Kang should figure out a way through her shell company to buy additional NS- NWSL teams so that they can get enough votes on the league pay- on like the league committees to allow her to spend all this extra money that she has rolling around that she's buying second division clubs in England on on roster. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see happen. <laughs> let's let's do that. Let's let's make that happen. It's also um I think I mean illegal, allowed. but I want it to happen. Not allowed. Uh but I want it anyway. 
by the way, I know, you know, now that we are, I'm kind of glad that we are a, uh, a solid show or that we are one podcast now, uh, because there's some breaking news, uh, not related to DC, but related to new England has hired Caleb Porter. And I believe Caleb Porter was on uh, DC United's list for coach. So one less, one, uh, one less, uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the profile, the silhouette of a Bruce arena is getting larger and larger over Audi field. By the way, I feel bad for all of the, I'm, I'm not accredited. I don't have a, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to be in the press conferences, but I feel bad for any sort of like new first time uh, journalists that are going to be covering DC United on the beat and having to tef- talk to Bruce arena in press conferences. Because he's not <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be, it's just like Stephen golf and whenever. No, I don't, I'm, I'm telling you, there'll be other people. There'll be some 20 year old kid. That's his first job out of college. He's like, you know, I don't think you made a great idea. You know, I, I question your tactical decisions on that. What do you, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> and then he gets snapped in half over over his knee. Yeah. Bane. Yeah. All right. It might be Bruce. We're we already have a spirit coach. Despite despite <laughs> yeah. everything awful, I think uh, there's going to be some some interesting times in in DC soccer. So lit. I would say, with that in mind, start to come to peace with the idea that it's Bruce. You don't have to, but. Start to like process that in your body. Like, just think about it. It might happen. Just, just sit with it. There's and see how you feel. I, I will say we're, we're seeing some smoldering embers. It's not at a, it's not it's not at the smoke level that we've seen uh, from the from the Jonathan uh, coaching hire. Yeah, that's on school. fire. That's that, happening. That, that's <laughs> happening. That's that's it. There's going to be an announcement soon on that. Um, it's not at the smoldering embers of that, but it is. There's enough tea leaves you can read into that to say. Um, to say it's probably going to happen. You just need Dave Vandenberg to like post a, a DC United gif or something on his Twitter page and then be like, all right, <laughs> Dave well, Vandenberg, now it's that, that was the guy I was thinking. I think he mm-hmm. was he was supposed to be. Uh, so, uh, hey, we'll see what happens. It's going to be. Former Red Bull winger, Dave and, Vandenberg. And we didn't talk about that with the DC. I think that's also maybe an aspect of this. Like, you know, you have to hire a whole new staff, too, as far as a coach. You hire Bruce. He's got all his guys that he just needs to give a phone call to. Come, come to DC. Bruce has a long list. <laughs> Bruce has like a huge list. Dave Sarakin finds his way back to this to MLS benches. Yep. Is, is he the coach in North Carolina still, or is he somewhere else now? I think he's he's no longer there. I can't. I don't know where he is. He let he left North Carolina to go do the national team gig. I'm pretty sure. So I, That's I, right. I, I can't remember where he is right but now. But to your point, he will have no problem filling out a, a very qualified bench. Yep. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, we will see you back at the beginning of the new year, maybe with a coach. Maybe, Patreon pa- show next Patreon show next Friday, probably. Probably next Friday, yes. And we, you know, maybe we'll have an emergency Patreon if we get a coaching hire. You never know. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, in the new year. Vamos. Vamos. Probably next Friday, yes. And we, you know, maybe we'll have an emergency Patreon if we get a coaching hire. You never know. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, in the new year. Vamos. Vamos. Thank you for listening to RFK Refugees Podcast. Make sure you rate and review the show wherever you download podcasts. If you want to support the show, consider joining our Patreon or subscribing to our channel on Twitch. Lastly, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, YouTube, Twitch, Goals.TV, Friendster, MySpace, and Tumblr. Some of those are even real. Vamos.